Remember, I will always be there for you. Remember, I will always be there for you. Maybe you remember this story being told years ago. In 1988, in a country called Armenia, in one of those winter, winter mornings, a father hugged his boy before he went to school, and he said, Have a nice day, and remember, I will always be there for you. A few, hour few hours later, uh, there was an earthquake that came in Armenia and wiped out the whole area. Everything was leveled. This was a school with several uh, story high and, and concrete floors and brick and mortar. Everything collapsed. It looked like the, uh, the earth swallowed the entire school. The father ran to the school and there was nothing there, only debris. His eyes were filled with tears as he was desperately looking for, for a location. Where is my son's classroom? Where is the classroom? He, he thought that he found it and started to pull some beams and rubble from the rubble. And the other parents were all crying and yelling. Without much hope, he kept digging. He kept digging. As the night went on, the, fire, the firemen and the other, the other parents left. They just dropped a few flowers there without any hope. But he kept digging. The next day, he kept digging. And he never stopped until somehow... He heard a slow voice saying, help, help from deep down in the rubble. And then he had new energy and new force and said, I need to get to that voice. And he started to, until finally he heard a voice he recognized, Papa, Papa, it was his son crying. And as he tried to pull him out from the rubble, from deep down in the school's basement, then suddenly the son said, Papa, there are 14 other kids with me here. Pull them first because I told them that you will always be here for me, that you will be for me, that you will come and get me. And in that morning when 45,000 people died because of the, of the earthquake, that father saved the child and 14 other kids because he was faithful. He was always there for him. Now, it doesn't happen that way, right? In life, in life, if you look at life, you say faithfulness is a very rare commodity. It's hard to find faithfulness. If you look at our politicians, and I talked to Ron, and he, uh, he agrees with me, I guess, on that. The politicians are, you know, they promise everything, but can you trust them? Well, we will balance the budget. You know, what does it mean, right? Balance the budget. You know, we will come up with this idea that will save the planet. We are going to... By the way, do you know that the scientists have thought that, um, and you can check this out, they thought that we can fix the, the global warming or the warming by even pushing the whole earth back and forth from the sun. They thought we can modify an, an asteroid that comes and have it hit the earth and we move the whole planet and we can control the, the climate, right? I mean, all sorts of ideas. Who knows? Maybe one day we will be able to move the earth, you know? But... In the end, there's only one person that is truly faithful forever and ever. Today, in the past thousands of years, and in the future thousands of years. And that's only God. If you look at yourself, maybe you say, I am a child. You know, my, parent, my parents told me to be home at 9. It's 10 o'clock. You don't even think to go home. And you find yourself unfaithful to them. Or maybe you are a father who promised, I will take you fishing, son. Or... A mother who said, I will take you to the mall and we'll go shopping there and there to this place. But kids keep bugging you and say, when are you going to take me there? And they start to lose faith that you will keep your promises. 
We all make promises that we cannot keep. Maybe you work in a workplace at your job and you started to work hard because in the beginning they told you when they hired you, this is a place where there is advancement. You are going to be promoted. There is room for you to grow. And you believe them. But nothing happens. You see other, other, other people passing by, being promoted, and nothing happens. You are isolated. You are pushed back, forgotten, and you are disappointed. Or maybe you had a best friend. You thought, this is my best friend, BFF forever, until the next Friday when something happens and at the party or maybe a ball or something, and you're left alone. You're home. You have no idea that your best friend went with another crowd, and you're left alone. You say, why, why do I trust people, right, if they, if they betray me? And that can happen so many times in so many ways. People are not going to keep their promises. We are promise breakers. God is promise keeper. He is the one who keeps his promises. That's why today we are going to continue our look at God who is faithful. We looked last time, maybe remember, last five weeks we looked at God's attributes. We said he is great. Why? Because he is immutable. He doesn't change. He knows everything and he can do everything. And then we looked at his moral characters, moral attributes. And we said God is righteous and gracious. And today we are going to look at His faithfulness. God is faithful. Well, if God is faithful, it means that many other people and all of us lack that faithfulness the way God has it. You see, if you look in the dictionary, what does it mean to be faithful? It will say it means loyal, reliable, constant, steadfast, And then if you ask somebody, what does it mean to you to be faithful, that you have a faithful friend? He will tell you, somebody who is worthy of my trust, or somebody who will always be there for you, right? That's what you call faithful, somebody who will always be there there for you, like this father with his son. Let me just uh, look at a few Bible verses that talk about God's faithfulness. In Lamentation, it says like this, because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's what we just sang a few, few minutes ago. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord, O Father, because you hold everything, the stars and everything else. You are faithful. You are the only faithful. Then the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He is abounding in faithfulness. His faithfulness is like himself, infinite. There is no end for his faithfulness. You see, he is unchanging, we said, right? Immutable. And because he is unchanging, he is able to be faithful. If he were a God that can change... Then he, cannot be, then he can be unfaithful. But he cannot be unfaithful. And remember, we had that image that God is like a diamond with several aspects. So he's, he's not composite. He's one piece. He's one God unified. And faithfulness is one of those attributes that cannot be separated from any other thing. If you think of God's love, His love is infinite because of His faithfulness. If you think of any of God's promises, grace, power, majesty. All of those things are kept by His faithfulness. And they keep each other strong because He's one being. He will never let us go. The Bible also says, if we are faithless, 
he will remain faithful. There is no way he can deny himself. He cannot disown himself. What a promise. Even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And then in Thessalonians, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Isn't that what we pray for? In the Lord's Prayer, we say, and deliver us from the evil one. The Lord is faithful and he will deliver and protect us from the evil one. This morning, I would like to look at two major questions, one that is longer and one towards the end. And the first one is, what God has or hasn't promised us? You see, many times we think, yeah, He is faithful. He has promised me this and that. But did He ever say that? So I'm going to take a look at just three things that, um, that we discussed. I, I guess I share some of them with Ron. So we agree that God has not promised those things. And let me look at the first one, what God has not promised us. He has not promised us health, wealth, and a perfect life. There is no place in the Bible where he says, If you worship me, for sure you will enjoy a healthy, wealthy, prosperous, and perfect life. He never promised us that that will happen. And yet many, many people look at God that way. Well, that's the way the pagan gods work, right? They work like that. You placate them. You give them gifts. You worship them in in giving them gifts. And then they will bless you to make you prosperous. God never said that. Second, He never promised a quick and positive answer to our prayers. He never said, if you pray to me, immediately I will turn to jump from my seat and do what you ask. Always positively. I will answer to your prayers always positively. He never promised that. And then He never promised that our kids will become what we want them to become. You see, we are faithful. We are faithful to God. We as a community, as a church, as a covenant community, we can be faithful and nurture our kids. Give them the best love that they can get. The best nurture in faith, in life, in wisdom. But we cannot guarantee that they will become. And God never said that your kids will become what you want them to become. But then what has God promised us? Did He ever promise us something? And if he did, what? What sort of promises did he make to us? Because he's faithful. Well, first of all, I think that he, help, he helps us understand that he will never lo- let us alone in trouble. One of the things that I love about the Old Testament is his promises. Look what he says in Isaiah. Fear not, he says, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And I love this verse because it's basically a summary of, of one of our uh, confessions, you know, the, the, and catechism. It says, what is your only comfort in life and in death? This is the first question of the Haldibold Catechism. And, and the answer is that I am not my own, that I belong in life and in death. To whom? To my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. I have summoned you by name. You are mine, God says. We belong in life and in death to our safe, faithful God. And then look what he says. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. It doesn't say you will never pass through the waters. But when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Since you are pressure, precious and honor in my sight. And because I love you. I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. 
I'm not sure what is your river, what rivers do you pass through, what waters, are, what turbulent waters and storms are you going through right now. But maybe some of you feel that I'm going through fire now. Maybe you lost your job or maybe you are about to lose your job. Or maybe you are challenged in a relationship and you feel that your marriage is going to, to break. Or maybe you feel that at school nobody listens to you and everybody seeks their own friends and you are left alone and lonely. Or maybe you are at home disappointed, depressed. And during these months of the winter it's so easy maybe to get the bad news from the doctor and feel depressed and lonely. Or maybe you are just aging and you feel that there are so many things that now you cannot turn them back. Things that you were able to do easily, now they come so hard, almost impossible. You used to do this and that, play this game or the other game, have some fun. But life starts to lose its brightness because of old age. The Lord said, do not be afraid, regardless of the circumstances. If you go through fire, if you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You have my presence with you. About five years ago, I had a friend of mine um, who is a pastor, and he received a call in England. His wife, Susie, his name is Barry, and his wife, Susie, was one of the alpha leaders in that church where they served. And they moved to England, and five years ago, they moved there and served there. But three years ago, Susie was diagnosed, was diagnosed with brain cancer. She went through many treatments. People prayed for her, and she did better. But last week, on Thursday... They went to the doctors and they found out that the tumor is back. She, she lost almost completely her vision in one eye. She cannot pronounce many words. She loses her memory. And the doctor said there is nothing else. There is no treatment that can stop this or heal it. And they said, prepare for the last days of her life. On Thursday, this is what he wrote on his blog. And I would just want you to invite you to go with me and read this. Ironically, it was three years ago, tomorrow, 8th of February, when we first received the diagnosis and digested the news that Susie had the brain tumor. I remember the weeks leading up to that, knowing that something was wrong, and then discovering that something was. I find myself reliving many of the emotions and feelings of that time. These three years have been filled with an overwhelming, steep learning curve. There have been times of great celebration and moments of frustration and pain. One thing has remained constant through it all. God's faithfulness. This is Barry, the husband, the pastor, writing. And then he continues, Susie and I both remain firmly committed to the truth that all things, not just some things, Work for the good. God has a plan for us. God is faithful to us. And God is working in all for the sake of the kingdom and for His glory. What an amazing testimony. And then he says, yes, God is faithful. That is something. It is something indeed. In the middle of a rocky, raging storm, I pray that God's faithfulness will be your peace. It certainly is ours. That is something that we hold on to every day. We hold on to the promise that God is with us when we go into the storms. There is no guarantee for us. He never said, I will keep you healthy. 
I will keep you strong. I will keep you a long life, perfect life. But he promised to us, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. You'll never be alone in trouble. You'll never be alone in trouble. The second thing he said, he promised that he will answer our prayer in his perfect time. And sometimes the prayer can be answered a year later, decades later. And it, sometimes it can be, no, I won't answer. And remember last week, Pastor Ron talked about Paul, who asked three times for his torn in the flesh to be taken away. And God said, no, because my grace is made perfect in your weakness. Sometimes the answer is no, or maybe not now. Just wait. Wait a little bit. You see, I do believe that we should pray for each other. And that there also there are some conditions that God says, if you do these things, then I will bless you. Then I will bless your country. But you have to repent. When we go into a faithful God, we need to show some faith. We need to show some faith. Faith in Him. To prove to, prove to Him that we believe when we pray that He can do those things. I like what He says in Chronicles. In Chronicles, He, ta- he teaches us this way. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, if they repent, if they come to me with faith and repentance, with hum- in humble, and they humble themselves, then, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. I will heal their land and forgive their sins. You see, I do believe that Jesus picks it up when he says in, in his sermon in, in, on the mount, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You basically give taste to the earth. And then Paul says, pray for everybody. Pray for the city where you are in, for the good of the city. If God called you to live in a city, pray for that city. Pray for those who make the laws, the rules of that city. Pray that his kingdom will come there. But the United States, I think, it's a blessed country compared to many other countries in the world. And one of the reasons is because people pray. People try to pray when they make laws. And they say, make sure that you give a law, that you pass a law that is just, that is fair, that is according to God's law. I want to invite two people who went to a different country. And they came with a different experience. But they still saw that even there, God is faithful. So I invite Rochelle and Dick to come here. And uh, they just returned from, usually I use volunteers that um, I don't talk with before, you know. But now I did talk to them previously. So I will invite Dick. Uh, He even uh, adopted a child from a country called Guatemala, right? Yes. So use this this mic, Dick. um, Sure. Two weeks ago, Rochelle and I were blessed to be part of a, a group of 27 individuals Guatemala. Uh, we built houses for the widows and for the ladies that didn't have any homes. Um, little 12 by 12 shacks down there. What was really neat about it is uh, watching God be faithful to us all. He, he is all the time. He provided materials for us, got us there safely on planes, dirt roads, nasty chicken buses, all kinds of things like that. It was just a, it was a wild ride. Uh, we got there, we built uh, several houses, 15 of these houses in, in a little over two days. And uh, that's, that's a blessing in itself, just watching all of that go. Uh, we built relationships with all the people down there and relationships among 27 people that 
Well, they happen to snore at night, so <laughs> you, you get relationships going with all these people, but God is good and God is faithful and we're all back here safe. Thank you, Lee. She felt like a burden and weighing in on the resources. And, um, so she'd been praying for 30 years for a home, and she never gave up hope. And so when we built it, so she just we opened the doors to her new home, and she had tears in her eyes and the biggest smile on her face, and she just thanked us. And all we could say is, it's not us, it's God. Um, I couldn't do it on my own. I'm not really a builder, obviously. I don't look like a builder. But we built these homes, and we just happened to be the hands of Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you, Dick. These are um, some of the testimonies. Some of the testimonies that God is faithful and sometimes He uses you to bring somebody else to the, to the same conclusion that He answers prayer. And He can use you and me to bless others. Or we can learn from this lady that prayed for 30 years that sometimes the answer is not now, but it will come. Keep praying. And finally... I think that God promises us something else. He said, His love will always chase our children. Yes, they might not turn. There's not a promise that they will turn the way we want them. But His love will never stop chasing them. His love will never stop chasing them. Let's look at this verse. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, the faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commands. When the Lord promised Abraham, I will be your God, He also said, I will be the God of your children and the children of your children and every generation after you to a thousand generations. That's my faithfulness. I promise to be their God. But you say, then why is not my child the way I want to be? His love has never ever stopped chasing him or her. His love is there. Now, I want to tell you a story about a pastor that maybe you know. Maybe the most famous preacher in the 20th century was Billy Graham. And uh, Billy Graham and uh, his wife, they had a son, one of their sons, Franklin. He was very rebellious. He, he just hated God. He didn't want to obey his parents. And he lived a rebellious life. Parties, drinking, drugs motorcycles, everything that you can think of, dangerous lifestyle. He said, I don't want to follow the faith of my parents. And he did that for many years. And then he also said, I will hate to be a preacher. That will be the ultimate punishment for me. But God's love never stopped chasing him. And years later, Billy, Billy Graham told him this when he was an adult. He said, I want you to know, my son Franklin, that your mother and I sensed that there is a struggle for the soul of your life. And you are going to have to make a choice. We cannot control what they do, but God's love is always offered to them. And they are always welcome. Like the prodigal son, they are always welcome to come. And the father will always treat them respectfully and honor them. Years later, Franklin kept thinking and then... 
he responded positively to God's love. And not only that, he also started to preach in the 90s. And this is what he said, Franklin, about his decision, not only to come and receive God's love, but also receive the call to preach. He says, I just want to be faithful to the same message that he's been faithful to, which is my dad. And that's the preaching of the gospel. God's love will never stop chasing our children. You don't know how they are going to turn, but you know for sure God will always love them, always wait for them. So keep being faithful in prayer. So yeah, what God has or hasn't promised us is the first thing that we look at. But the second one I would like to look shortly is, where are you in your faithfulness? Let's say that you take this thermometer, right? At the bottom is no faith. Somebody who has no faith. And I want you just to think of yourself. Put yourself someplace in your mind. Just find a, an X for you and say, I'm here. And this morning, the challenge is for us to find our place. So just take a few seconds. The, the, at the bottom is a place where there's no faith, no trust in God. At the top is somebody who walks by faith, almost like the apostles and like Jesus, right? Paul said, we now do not walk by sight, by what we see, but we walk by faith, by the power of the Spirit. So where are we? You know, just a little bit, just talk. If you see, there are some people who call themselves right there at the bottom. They call fair weather Christians. I'm not sure where you are. I'm not sure if you made that step of faith. But the fair weather Christians are people who are committed just a little bit. If it's sunny, if it's convenient. Maybe you work in a company and the boss is Christian, so it's convenient for you to say, I am a Christian. But should you work in a different company that is, you know, a company that just hates those uh, fundamentalist you know, believers or something like that, Christians, then it's okay for you to drop that identity. It's not okay. You just put it down and you take another one. It's being Christian by convenience. It's really low there. But then you might say, no, no, I'm not there. I made a commitment. I walk with God. I have little faith. And I do believe that my faith helps me in so many daily tasks. And I believe that God can save me and He's going to save me one day and He forgives my sins. But don't ask me to give up to this addiction. You know, I, I don't believe that He can. I have some, I have some, I have some spheres, maybe... Maybe I would like to receive God in, um, in my life in this area, but not in my checkbook, my checkbook. The way, I, the way I look on Sunday morning is the best way to describe, maybe you say. I worship God, I love Him, He loves me. But then when I start working on Monday, don't ask me how I do it, that's my way. Sunday is God's way, the rest of the week is my way. Or maybe you say, no, 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 I'm not little faith. I have a master seed, you know. Maybe you see yourself, no, I grow. I grow in faith. I walk by faith. There are mountains, there are waters, there are fires that in my life God has proved faithful and removed them. I pray for them. And I commit myself to His love and grace and power and knowledge. I do not think that I am smarter than Him. I always pray. I always take the day in prayer and I say, Lord, walk with me today. And help me to walk with you. Remove the mountains from my life. Maybe you have been in bondage to different addictions or sins. And now you feel free. I'm not sure where you are. But in this morning, we are all called to take another step in our trust. The final stage is where you say, you know, up there, faithful. 
like Paul, who says, you know, whether I live or die, it's for God's glory, and it's, it's better for me to die, and I'm ready to die, Lord. Not everybody is able to say that. Not everybody is, going, is able or has the strength or even the privilege to be a martyr for faith, to walk by faith into God's presence like, Ste- like uh, Stephen did, the first Christian martyr in, in the Acts, in the book of Acts. But we are all called to be faithful. So I invite you this morning, take another step. If you've never trusted the Lord, I will say, put your trust in the Lord. If you walk with the Lord, I will say, take the next level. Take it to the next level. You see when you say, my faith is not perfect. Maybe you say, my faith lacks so much. Look what the Bible says. And I love to, to include this verse as we conclude this morning. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter. Perfecter. He is the one who is perfecting our faith. He is the one who gave us the faith. Who, who, who is Jesus? The author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the one who came to us and was faithful. Faithful to God's plan to save us. And he's faithful now to carry us through fire, through waters, through troubles, through disappointments, to loneliness. And in our mission... He promised to us. He said, as you go and make disciples, and as you teach people my teachings, remember this. I will always be with you to the very end of the age. That father could save his child from the rubble. Christ can save us from any trouble. And he promised to us that he will be with us. Let's pray. Father, we pray for those who are here and maybe they need to step up in faith and receive your word and step into the life, the adventure of walking with you on a daily basis. We pray that you will give them strength. We pray for those of us who need to take another step in our faith, that you will bless us with power and strength to walk in faith, to trust you more and more to allow you to control us and to change us to be faithful just as you are faithful. We thank you for your promises and we thank you that you are faithful. In the name of Christ, the faithful one, amen. Would you please stand and receive God's greeting. The, The Lord who is faithful blesses us as we go from here to live for him this coming week. May the presence of God the Father, the fellowship of the Spirit, And the love and the power of His Son be with you in the coming week. Amen. You may go in peace.